Chameleons are of the lizard family. There are over 7,000 different species of lizards, and chameleons are called old world lizards. There's about 200 that would be in that category. Chameleons have unusual capacity. Their skin is transparent. The pigment under their skin, as you may know, can change colors. It is used for camouflage. Uh, it is used also for communication, but it's also used in attracting the opposite sex. And they can become many different colors and they try to figure out the color in which the opposite sex would come and be drawn to them. Does that have any human practical experience? Yeah, so many people got married to a chameleon. What you thought you got becomes something entirely different. And you ask, what happened? Marriage in America is big business. It's a bigger business than I would guess unless you researched it, anybody here would even begin to comprehend. Marriage is a gigantic business, but really the bigger business is weddings. Yeah. Weddings. That's where the money is spent. That's where the energy goes out. It is in weddings that usually over a hundred hours is given to a wedding that asks maybe for an hour. And expense, oh, it can go astronomically high. And so we are in the wedding business and it is a big business, but a bigger business is marriage. And the strange thing is we spend more time preparing for a wedding. We get more passionate about it. We spend more money and energy and counseling and have so many conflicts. I have dealt with many an upset father, many a, a passionate mother, many a frustrated bride and a groom who didn't know what in the world he was doing. I know about weddings, and it's good to make a wedding significant and important, but if we spend as much time in marriage and marriage preparation as we do weddings, we'd be a whole lot better off. Do you have any idea the cost of weddings in the United States of America? I dare say if I were a gambling man, there would be one in a thousand who would know the cost, the business of weddings. $58 billion are spent on weddings every year in the United States of America. $43 billion is spent on bridal grounds. Check me out in America. In other words, the wedding business in America is about $100 billion, which is the same or more than, oops, 
General Electric, and a lot of corporations that we know. And interesting enough, the Bureau of Labor Statistics recently released figures anticipating the jobs that will be available in the next five to 10 years and those that would need people to fill those positions. Did you know that wedding counselors and wedding leaders and those who deal in family life, that is a vocation that will be 15%, listen to me, higher in need of people than the average of all other vocations in the United States. Had to think about that one. In other words, in the immediate future, we're gonna need, the way marriage and weddings and family is going, an avalanche of more people come ready to counsel and try to heal marriages and families. What a job opportunity. There it is. And artificial intelligence will not take it away from you. So here we are in a culture of singleness. Remember now, 51% of the population, adult population of America today is single. Did you get that? Bang, 51%, the population of America today is single. Some who've never married, some who've married and lost a mate, some who've now single because of divorce, and now they're out there, supposedly, marriage potential. Let me say an aside to all of you would-be matchmakers, and I've been in that category. So many times you see a single, you say, well, why aren't you married? You are stupid, insensitive, and insane to ask that question. If there were not single people in this church, staff, members of this church, we'd have to close the doors, ladies and gentlemen. We could not operate. Thank God for singles who work and pray and lead and serve in a multiplicity of areas. They could not do it if they were married. Paul figured it out. Read it. Paul figured it out. By the way, Jesus was not married. I guess there's something wrong with him. Paul was not married. He went into Europe with all the explanation and the expansion of the gospel. Most of the apostles were not married. Some of the greatest saints today and yesterday just somehow, some way were not married. And so many times they, we say to people not married, some of those who are dull between the ears, you're too picky. Let me say something to singles. Stay picky. Don't settle. Don't get desperate. God will plan for you someone. Stay picky. And by the way, you say, this doesn't apply to me. I'm married. All of this applies to all of us because we have friends and family and all sorts of influence. We need to be in, in, up to speed in God's understanding of singleness and God's understanding of marriage. It's basic in the Christian life. And so stay picky if you're single. Others say, well, I don't date him or her because they're so 
intimidating. You know why people are intimidated with people who they look at and they're worried about dating or married? It's because usually they're such born-again Christians and their walk with the Lord Jesus Christ intimidates those who cheat to come in and be a chameleon in a relationship. Two or three are getting it. That's all I need. <laughs> so, there are a lot of chameleons out there dating, and God help you if you end up marrying a chameleon. This is what I married. I, this is not who this man, who this girl was when we were dating. So we need to drop back a little bit and ask two basic fundamental questions. Two basic questions. What do I do before I say I do? And what do I do after I say I do? And let me say for the uninitiated here, I will not be exhaustive in what I'm saying. Well, you left out. You didn't mention. Dick Tracy, awaken. How long you want to be here? We've got other teaching Sundays coming up. So let's talk about, generally speaking, before you say I do. Before you say I do. In, in the choosing, the maybe sadly the chameleon period for some. First of all, take time. Don't stay there forever. You can know after a couple of dates, usually maybe three, if this person in any way, shape, form, or fashion could ever be my wife or my husband. You don't have to be there forever. By the same token, you don't rush into it and say, oh, we got to get married now. I'm just swept away. Usually that is physical and sexual. It's not radical. It's, it's not sane and honest, okay? Now, sometimes, well, I saw him. I, that happens, but it is rare as hen's teeth, and hens do not have teeth, I think. So before you say, I do, what goes into that? First of all, that person must be a genuine Christian, not a Methodist, Catholic, present. No, no. I've seen a lot of people say, you know, I, I married him and I, I met him in church and he said he was a Christian. I've got a flash report for everybody. Those of us who in church, some who say they're Christians, they have come to the hospital, but they have not yet responded to treatment. So I've had many persons come in, well, pastor, I met her in church. Well, hello. But first of all, you've got to make sure they know Christ, they walk with Christ. That's the bottom line of their life. That is a basic, fundamental first reference as far as getting married before you say, I do. That is fundamental. And then number two, there has to be chemistry. Now, chemistry, we think is, whoa, is all in the sensual, sexual area. But I'm talking about chemistry in the unseen area. There's some interests you have together. There's some areas you can enjoy together. Not always, not everything, but that's the other side. Chemistry has the outward side and it has the inward side. And you need to check out the chemistry. If they're not, chem they're not a Christian, there's no chemistry. Hey, 
This is a red light going off on your dashboard. It's a red light going off on your dashboard. And, and not only that, you must marry somebody who is compassionate. Well, that's a big old word. What does it mean? Being married to somebody is not compassionate. You want that made to be the father or the mother of your children? Somebody that you have to live with in sickness as in health and poverty as well, and they're not compassionate? Hey, well, what kind of life is that? What kind of marriage is that? And in compassion, well, what's the definition of compassionate? You find the book of Ephesians, I think. Be ye kind, K-I-N-D, kind, kindness. Oh, yes. Be ye kind one another. Tenderhearted. Tenderhearted. Want to marry somebody who's hard-hearted? No. What a life that would be. Forgiving. Forgiving one another, even for God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I put that as a biblical definition of compassion. So in this, that takes time, not forever. You know, man, this person has characteristic I can never live with. This person does not have some characteristics that I would require, hopefully, in a marriage. If this doesn't work, that's the time to punt. Don't drag it out. Don't play games. Well, I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to hurt her. Do it early. It gets more painful later on. And it really gets painful if you marry because, well, I think it's just time to get married. You got it? Teach it. Share it. Children, family, friends. It applies to many of here who are single today. And it doesn't change because you've been married and you're single. The same biblical principles are in operation. And so it is so important before you say, I do. Christian, chemistry, somebody who's compassionate. Now you have a basic framework, and you can get into some of the other areas that are important. Things that you need to know about that person. You need to understand. There was a linguistic conference a few years back in England, and they would present the challenge of telling the difference between complete the word complete and finished. The word finished. You look in the dictionary, what it means to be complete, what it means to be finished. Are they the same? What's the difference? And that was the challenge in the linguistic conference. An American happened to be in England, and he entered, and this was his answer to that. You get the question? What's the difference in being complete and being finished? And the American answered it like this. He said, if you marry the right woman, you're complete. If you marry the wrong woman, you're finished. <laughs> and then he said, if the right woman sees you with the wrong woman, you are completely finished. <laughs> he got a standing ovation and won the challenge of trying to find one from another. Complete and finished. And a lot of times when there's a com two chameleons involved in 
getting married and they get to the altar, they discover what they thought the husband had, what they thought the wife had. Before and after marriage, I want you to look at the contrast here. Husband to wife, before. She takes my breath away, after. She suffocates me, before. I love the way he takes charge of the situation. After, he is a controlling, dominating psycho. Before, I love your sense of fashion. After, are you really going to wear that in public? <laughs> Before, he is so easy. He will eat whatever I put in front of him. After, is he really going to eat all that? You see what happens before and after, there's some things you need to know. You say, I need to know. This is the most sacred, complete, holy, creative, demanding relationship in human life, superior to everything but our relationship to God in Jesus Christ, and therefore there's some things you gotta know. Someone shared with me a little excerpt from a television preacher, and I thought it was tremendous. He said some things humorously that need practical application. I think you'll enjoy it. And that's why I say, single people, if you're dating somebody, you need to ask a thousand questions during the dating process. <laughs> you need to ask some questions. Y'all need to sit down and go on a whole lot of dates. Uh, what's your name? Is that your real name? Do you have your daddy's name? When can I meet your daddy? Is your dad and mama together? How do you act when you get mad? Do you throw things? Do you cuss around? Do you beat up on people? I need to know, do you have a job? Where do you work at? How much money do you make? How long you been working there? Do you have a bank account? How is your credit? Can I see your credit score? Do you have a house? Are you living in an apartment? Do you pay for your gas in your car? Do you live with your mom and them? I need to understand what you know. What you like to eat? How many children do you want to have? Will you get upset if we don't have no kids? You plan on having an inheritance? Do you have insurance? Can you pay for your funeral if you were to die today? <laughs> you need to know who you marry. And don't you dare get married to somebody talking about, I've never seen him angry since I met him. It is not time to marry that person. You need to see how he, how he looks. And you need to ask that woman, how you look without your makeup? Don't put none on tomorrow. I need to see. <laughs> the hat you got on your head, is that yours or did you purchase it? And if you purchase it, is it paid for or are you in debt? I need to know. When you blink your eyes, are those your eyelashes or, or did you buy those from somewhere? I need to know. You smell good today, but what about tomorrow morning? I need to know. Do you believe in taking showers at night or in the morning? Do you believe in taking three days off and then take shower? How is your relationship with soap and water? I need to know. What's your motive? All <laughs> oh, that time I love him and I'm ready to get married to him. You don't even know him. 
Did your daddy commit adultery? Did his daddy commit adultery? Because I don't know if this thing, you know, got a part three in it, and I don't want to be no part of it. You asked a bunch of questions. Don't ever talk about you ain't got nothing to talk about. And don't wait till him or her starts the conversation. You start it. Sit down. How you doing today? All right. Pull the questions out. Let's go. Humorous but practical. I like it. Before you say I do, don't let a chameleon you may be dating that tries to color anything so they can fit you. No, no, no. There's some things we have to know before you say I do. You got it? All right. What about after you say I do? What do you need to know? You have said I do, now you're together. What needs to take place? You need to build a team. First of all, a team of two people. If you'd followed my friend, Deion Sanders, Colorado. You know about it? Everybody know? Hey, who knows what I'm talking about? Lift your hand. Most people are good. Dion has put together in Colorado, thanks to the portal, which I despise, but that's another story, has put together a super team. What does it take to build a great team? In football, in any athletic endeavor, in any company, any corporation, what does it take to build a great team? And of all places where there needs to be the greatest team is when you get married. Before you say, I do, I've given you a little sketch of things, right? After you say, I do, how, what does it take to build a team? It takes an architect, somebody who sees what a real winning team is all about. It takes a coach that comes in and knows what it takes to put together a team and plays and plans. It also takes players. And a good coach will pick players and put them in the right place. You can take every team is, is full of 300-pound people. Are they going to win? Every team is full of 165-pound players that are going to win. No, you've got to put them in the right place, the right time, or the right skill. So it takes a coach. And by the way, it takes fans, okay? The architect in marriage is God. God has given us plain, simple principles as to say this is how your marriage will be a winning team. It's a plan, an architect. We're going to be dealing with that in weeks to come. Just stick around. And then it takes a coach. Who's the coach? It's Jesus Christ. We send Jesus Christ in our life. The Holy Spirit enables us to have discernment, to do things, to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. And that coach then can come and move out. It takes players, and that's all of us, if we're willing, if we're open, if we're ready to change. Did you come to church to say, I want to be entertained, I want to be informed? Did you come to church and say, Lord, speak to my life and my heart. If there's anything I need to change, and let's do this one more time. Cross your arms naturally like this. Everybody do this. This isn't hard. Everybody do this, please. Just cross your arms. If you're not doing it, I'm going to come out there and get you. I may have given you an assignment too hard. Now, 
change, cross your arms the other way. Boy, that's hard, isn't it? You see, in marriage, only Jesus Christ can come and speak to that husband and that wife and say, this you need to change. Why do we go to church? To worship, to praise. We go to church also to be biblically informed, and hopefully we'll take biblical truth and let it permeate your life and my life, and there will be change. So what does it take to have a winning team? It takes an architect. That's God. He tells us how marriage should work. It takes Jesus Christ. He's our coach. And it takes players. That's you and that me. And it takes fans. People who cheer for your marriage, people who encourage your marriage, cheap people who speak truth in your marriage, it takes fans to do it. And therefore, you begin to have the basic building blocks of a marriage that sings, a marriage that sizzles. Now, if you put all that together, I made the right choice as best I could, led by God, those four essentials. I, I want the winning team to be the architect, Jesus. I'm the player, help me to pick, and I want fans who will encourage marriage. You stay around people who are always saying catty, smart, funny things about marriage. Are you like that? Quit it. Well, to be married, to be married, I hear that so much. I am fed up with it. That doesn't encourage anybody in marriage. Is that you? Oh, it's funny. I don't mean anything. We got to have fans. Fans. And then what else is missing? What else needs to be there? Write this down. Forget everything else. Very, very important. Love travels on the highway of communication. Would you say that with me? Follow me. Love travels on the highway of communication. There has to be communication. Now, most of us don't understand communication. We don't understand what all is involved in communication. 7% of communication is words. 7%. All the way in the balcony, 7% is words. I spent a lot of time on words, trying to communicate biblical truth. I spent, and you mean only 7% of all communication words? I think that's right. 38% is tone of voice communication. I love you. I love you. Any difference in that? Tone of voice. Well, we've got about 55% left. What in the world could that be? To communicate effectively. It's your facial expressions. It's your body language. Yeah, 55% communication. That's the reason we see some of these debates. I saw one recently. And somebody was just smiling and having a good time saying some absurd things, but they said he won. Why? It was body language. It was this. 
Now, folks, don't, don't just jump over that. Oh, I don't believe all that. It's absolutely true by many, many discoveries. Learn how to communicate, especially in marriage. You see, most marriages, they stay in the shallow area of communication. Cliches. How are you today? I'm fine. Is your uh, rheumatoid arthritis any better in your ankle? You know, just shallow communication. What are you planning to eat today? Shallow. Cliches. Some marriages sort of stay there. Others moved into facts. You're safe there. Communicate your what? Just facts. This happened, that happened, this happened. That's all right. It's shallow, but facts are a part of communication. And then you move into opinions. You get a little dangerous here. It's the husband and wife communicate now. Stay with me. You get opinions. You have opinions, but hopefully you do that redemptively, easily, with the right tone of voice and the right words and the right facial expression. Yeah, opinions. But then you move into another area of communication, and that is feelings. Oh, be careful there. I feel like this. My feelings are. You're getting it a little, little deeper, aren't you? And the last thing is candid communication. This is what I believe, what I feel, what I've experienced. You see what I'm talking about, married men and women, husband and wife? You can keep all that in the shallow part, cliches, you know, facts, opinions, but you move into feelings, candidness. That's the reason it's important as to how we communicate. We have to learn to do what? Speak the truth in love. A lot of people can speak truth. It's not hard to speak truth. If you know truth, you believe truth. You can speak truth, but to speak truth in love, whew, that is so challenging, so difficult. That's when the Holy Spirit has to lead and guide you and me because we have fumbled there many, many, many times don't have a show of hands. Speaking truth in love, kind, tenderhearted, Giving, compassionate, communicating, not just in the shallow areas, but in love and those deeper areas, and your marriage can begin to sing. We talked about uh, chameleons change colors in order to attract the opposite sex. But do you know about starfish? Recently, they found a species of starfish in the deep, deep waters off of Greenland. And these, these starfish are most unusual. They're, they are biolucent. What does that mean? It means that they can produce light in themselves. And they produce light, those starfish, down in the depths of the water off Greenland, and they produce that light in order to see in the darkness. And also they produce that light in order to attract a mate. In other words, those starfish are producing light in their lives 
in order to find another starfish opposite of their species, opposite of their gender, who also produces light in their lives. Did you get that? We are looking for people to be married to people that have light of Christ in their life because that reflects and blends with the light of Christ in your life and in my life. Not chameleons, I want to please, I want to get along, I don't want to get any depths of communication, but you're looking for somebody who has a light of the world in their life, that's Jesus Christ, and you're married to someone who has a light of the world in Jesus Christ. Wow! That's a marriage that sizzles, ladies and gentlemen. That's a marriage that is biblical, and that's a marriage that will make all the difference in the world today. People ask everywhere you turn, how can America get out of the pit in which we find ourselves? And we are in a pit of darkness Make no mistake about it. How do we get out? There is a million talking voices from all the disciplines of life telling us how it should be done, how it can be done. Yep, they're out there. Let me tell you what I guarantee. I guarantee what will absolutely bring America back to life and the world to life is one simple, basic thing. It involves the first institution that God created, and that was marriage. If those who are single would give off the light of Christ, but particularly those who are married where two lights of Christ came together in love, compassion, and meaning, and excitement, and a marriage that sizzles. It is the light of marriage, alive with God, with Christ, with smiles, with laughter, with creativity, with all that goes into a marriage. It is the marriage when the marriage begins to reflect the light of God and light in Christ. It will change everything in the United States of America. It will be a light so powerful, so strong, so irresistible, the forces of hell cannot prevail against it. So, Ladies and gentlemen, God has given us the answer. God can tell us how in the darkness we find ourselves in, there can be a light of healing and restoration and renewal, and it will be the light that comes from Christ in the marriage relationship more than any other relationship. That will bring the light of God into our America and absolutely, positively change everything, refocus everything, and we'll once again have a nation not under the state, 
but a nation under God because the light of the world is shining through married couples.